Today's sports collecting and sports memorabilia is a billion dollar business. Conferences have attracted up to 100,000 people. The industry involves autographs, uniforms, and just about any item that's connected to athletes. And those athletes are from all over the world in just about every sport. But one name reigns supreme in the business, Babe Ruth. I'm Jerry Amernick, the author of Babe Ruth, A Superstar's Legacy, the first book ever written about the legacy of Ruth. And part of that legacy is the business of sports collecting and the whole area of merchandising. The fact is, Babe Ruth is so far ahead of the pack in the industry that one executive told me there are two categories, Babe Ruth and everyone else. Others call him the king of sports memorabilia. But he's also the king of merchandising because no one, not before or after his time, ever sold things like Babe Ruth did. Here's a pitch, it's a slow curve, low, and the babe swings. It's a long one, a long one. I will say that I've had thrills before, a number of them. It's in there, another home run for the Bambino. Something like uh, hitting a home run in Chicago at that time. The Lord was with me when I called the shot. Babe Ruth was such an individual personality. I mean, he was larger than life. Daddy's name today is bigger, really, than it was back then. I can't go on forever. Somebody's got to take my shoes and take my place. He was really the original sports marketer. He recognized the value of his name and image and likeness. But I won't play until I drop. But I'll play until I damn near drop. What's amazing about his name and really his brand is that it holds up even today. Come on, boys, let's go. What do you This is episode three in the podcast series, Babe Ruth, Master Marketer. And today we're going to look at Babe Ruth, the marketing machine. I started studying him with my novel, Gift of the Bambino, which was published back in 2004. The legacy book is new and the foreword was written by Babe Ruth's grandson, Tom Stevens. Babe's daughter, Julia Ruth Stevens, is in the book too. She passed away last March at age 102, but I have an incredible interview with Julia she was in her 90s at the time and as sharp as a tack. Listen to what she says about how prominent the babe still is. Julia always called him Daddy. Of course, Daddy's name today is bigger, really, than it was back then. There's hardly a day goes by that you don't hear his name mentioned in some way, somewhere. She's right, Babe Ruth is everywhere. When I was at a National Sports Collectors Convention in Cleveland, Ohio, I was interviewed by Rob Bertrand. He's an industry executive. Listen to Wes as we look out on the enormous trade floor on the first morning of that convention. You just walk around the floor here, you see Babe Ruth everywhere. Everywhere. He looms over this industry, as we know, and my book gets into that, and his presence looms over this showroom. So I can see uh, him right there at the Leaf booth <laughs> with the salt and the SWAT crown yeah. really He really is the king of SWAT and memorabilia to this day, and his legacy lives on on this floor. It does. It's, it's everywhere. You're writing, so... Uh, what a great opportunity to learn more about the man and his legacy. Last June, a New York Yankee jersey that Babe Ruth wore sold at auction for $5.64 million. 
At the time, it set a new Guinness World Record for an item of sports memorabilia. The record that it broke was from seven years earlier in 2012 when, guess what? Another Ruth jersey sold at auction for $4.4 million. So the guy broke his own world record. And keep in mind, he last played a game in 1935 and died in 1948. But he's still number one. A few years ago, when I was researching my legacy book, I found a list of the 15 most expensive items, sports items, ever sold. And that's for any athlete in the world and any sport in the world. Incredibly, seven of those 15 items involved Babe Ruth. In an earlier episode, we heard from David Kohler, president of SCP Auctions. That's the company that sold the $4.4 million jersey. The day of our interview, he told me he checked that very morning and found 34,000 Babe Ruth items for sale on eBay. There has never been a master of merchandising like Babe Ruth. He signed everything and he sold everything too. I once spent an afternoon at the Giamatti Research Library at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. I went through the 25 Babe Ruth scrapbooks they have down there. This guy, he sold underwear, he sold cars, he sold hats and sweaters and bats and everything you can imagine. He's Babe Ruth, the master marketer, and it was all possible because this guy knew how to relate to people. Here is Michael Gibbons, who was executive director of the Babe Ruth Museum in Baltimore for 37 years, and he's still involved today. Michael may know more about Babe Ruth than anyone. He did have a feel for the ways to communicate with people in in general, and and so that endeared him to everybody. You know, he he was always uh, very positive, and how you doing, Keed, and all, all that good stuff. He he always embraced whoever was in front of him. Pete Enfield is president of Luminary Group a licensing firm in Indiana that handles Babe Ruth and the Babe Ruth name. He works closely with the Ruth family and has been in the file for 25 years now. There's no doubt that Babe and his manager at the time or agent, Christy Walsh, were kind of trailblazers because as you touched on, he was really the original sports marketer. He was, you know, the face of some companies. He recognized the value of his name and image and likeness, so to speak, and the appeal of his personality and was able to monetize it at levels that, that people, you know, at that time frame certainly didn't. Pete mentioned Christy Walsh, who was Ruth's agent. Babe Ruth was the first athlete to have an agent, and together, these two guys really wrote the book on celebrity and marketing. Walsh was an advertising guy and cartoonist. And when he found himself out of work, he got the idea of ghostwriting for athletes. They weren't all baseball players, but most of them were, and Ruth, of course, was the biggest. Christy Walsh had a syndicate of 34 writers who were ghosting in newspapers for the likes of Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and Dizzy Dean. One of his writers was Damon Runyon. Walsh helped orchestrate the phenomenon of Babe Ruth branding and marketing in a way that had never been done before for anyone. This is why Babe Ruth made the cover of Popular Science magazine. They were analyzing his swing. It's why there was Babe Ruth All-America Athletic Underwear and why Wheaties, the Breakfast of Champions, had a poster of a misty-eyed boy looking up at Babe Ruth with his bat. Christy Walsh helped mold Ruth's image into that of a hero and made him a pitch man who sold everything. He associated Ruth's name with excellence and it stuck. But the thing about Christy Walsh is this. His syndicate closed up shop in 1938 
and he died in 1955. And yet, Babe Ruth still lives on today. In 1976, which was 28 years after his death, he was on the cover of Time magazine. Yankee Stadium had just been refurbished. Who else would you put up there? In 1983 and again in 1998, they put him on a U.S. stamp. In 1995, a hundred years after his birth, Hofstra University held a conference called Baseball and the Sultan of Swat, and I was there. It was all about Babe Ruth, and it was as much about culture as it was about baseball. This is what they said when they kicked off that conference. We will spend these three days in April talking and thinking about Babe Ruth, a man of history. That we do so 100 years after his birth and 47 years after his death is compelling evidence of the immense magnitude of his legacy. So why would a university do something like that? Well, here's what they said. Babe Ruth was more than a sports figure. He remains a major presence with continuing influence on subjects intellectual, educational, and cultural, well removed from the baseball diamond. In 1996, a 16-foot bronze sculpture of Babe Ruth went up at Camden Yards in Baltimore, the city of his birth. In our last episode, we spoke to Susan Lurie, who made that incredible sculpture. In 2002, a Babe Ruth statue was erected in Japan. In 2012, there was that Yankee jersey selling for $4.4 million, a record that was broken last June when another Ruth jersey fetched a million dollars more than that. In 2016 and 2017, there was the exhibit of portraiture and artwork about Babe Ruth at the Smithsonian. Also in 2017, Norwegian Airlines put his face on the tail fins of their jets serving U.S. destinations. They call it their American Heroes program. It goes on and on. A little while ago, I saw this t-shirt with the face of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on it. Right over her face were the words, Babe Ruth. David Kohler is president of SCP Auctions. That's the company that sold the $4.4 million jersey in 2012. And it recently sold the bat that Babe Ruth hit his 500th home run with. That bat went for over a million dollars. Dave is a big player in the sports memorabilia business. And he says Babe Ruth is the one who actually got that business going. You kind of feel like he might have kind of started the sports memorabilia business. He did not buy that he wanted to start it, but like people just had so much interest in this man and what he did for the game of baseball, America's pastime. And, you know, he was such a good a figurehead that would, you know, sign a lot for people, for fans, for kids, all those things that as you go back uh, 75 years, and uh, it just created this whole market um, when it comes to Babe Ruth. Dave once told me he could make a living just out of Babe Ruth items because the demand is so great. He's an interesting guy who decided to forget about medical school when he saw the potential in sports memorabilia. What does he say about Babe Ruth, the man? Obviously, he related to people. He related to teammates. He related to a big business, right, which was the game of baseball. He's the, the king of sports memorabilia. There you go. Did you know that investing in Babe Ruth might be a better deal than gold or the stock market? Well, it might. You just have to look at how some of those big Babe Ruth items have appreciated in value over the years. Well, obviously it's proven that if you looked at the graph, so to speak, it's proven that his memorabilia, the return on investment, so to speak, um, has been remarkable. The man who bought that Ruth jersey a few years ago for $4.4 million for a client, his name is Mike Hefner and he's with a company called Leland's. He told me that jersey could now fetch $10 million. 
Joe Orlando is president of Collectors Universe at the annual National Sports Collectors Convention. His company is always one of the biggest exhibitors. When I spoke to Joe for my book, he said if someone gave him a million dollars and he had to spend it in the collectibles world, there is no better investment than Babe Ruth. And why is that? Well, listen to what Joe says about Babe Ruth as a salesperson. What is a good salesperson? They're a people person. And I mean, I can't think of a better example of of that than Babe Ruth. I mean, you see it in photos, you see it in videos, his personality, that's what he was. He loved being around people, young and old, and he was comfortable, you know, in meeting new people. I mean, so that's, that's the essence of a great salesman. So what if Babe Ruth never was a baseball player? What kind of salesman would he have made? Here is Pete Enfield of licensing firm Luminary Group on that one. When you just look at the personality that he had, his gift of connecting with people and people really gravitating towards him, I don't think there's any doubt that he would have been a great salesperson uh, if that were his chosen field of endeavor. I mean, he was a great salesperson back in the day, you know, just as an athlete in, in a time where they didn't live in... 20 and 30 and 40 million dollar salaries, but he was compensated at a level that was quite healthy for the time frame. And and the commercial opportunities that were presented to him back then largely, I think, could be attributed obviously to his tremendous success. But that dynamic personality that's so appealing, and that that is, I think, a hallmark of a successful salesperson is having that type of personality that people gravitate towards, that they want to be around, that they that they lend an ear to when they otherwise wouldn't. So I don't think there's any doubt. That's a very unique question. One I've not ever been asked, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt that, that he would have excelled in, in that field. What about learning from Babe Ruth? Let's listen to Pete Enfield again. You know, one, you have to be authentic, and, and Babe certainly was that. That might be a little more difficult in today's hyper-polarized society, mm-hmm. if you will, because mm-hmm. you run the risk of uh, alienating and kind of pushing away perhaps 50% of the, of the population with you being who you are. But I think, you know, that's what he was. Uh, he was a genuine big personality who had a love for life, who had a love for living, just the way that he wanted to. He, uh, you know, really was a giving person. But a lot of those those things, you know, in today's day and age, they're a lot more careful about it. Because again, what I yes. said, it could, yeah. what, what may be a wonderful cause and a, and a beautiful gesture by a person may deeply offend others. But I still think, you know, the, the, the people today, whether it's a a person living his life or whether it's an athlete that's looking to build a career and build a Mm -hmm. brand or what Mm -hmm. musician entertainer, I think you still need to be true to yourself and be true to the person you are and live your life in that manner. Because at some point, if you're, I think if, if you're living a, a false narrative, that's eventually going to be exposed. James Barber suggested that the national portrait gallery at the Smithsonian, in Washington, D.C., hold an exhibit of portraiture and art about Babe Ruth. That's right, I said the Smithsonian. The exhibit ran from 2016 to June 2017. 
Now, James Barber is a curator at the Smithsonian and a highly respected historian. He has some interesting thoughts on what business people and marketers today can take from the Babe Ruth playbook. Babe Ruth was such an individual personality. I mean, he was larger than life in so many different ways. So uh, the one thing that marketers could learn from him is, you know, find your hero, your, your uh, marketing subject, and make sure that uh, that person is agreeable to just about anything. Babe Ruth would do anything that, uh, that a photographer asked, take any pose or whatever. So he was very agreeable that way, but he was also smart, you know, going through the, um, the boarding school that he did, you know, he was streetwise. He wasn't a businessman, but yet he had, uh, he knew the value of a dollar to be made, not the value of a dollar to be spent. Um, that was totally, <laughs> totally foreign to him. He spent lavishly, but he knew, uh, he knew where the money was and how to, how to collect it, tap into it. So yeah, I guess marketers could learn from that, you know, focus on, on someone that's approachable and uh, is going to advertise for you. He certainly had the charisma, you know, the the panache and, or whatever that salesmen need. Babe Ruth was was totally approachable, and this this is sort of a sign of the times, which um, unfortunately we we no longer appreciate and have anymore. People just aren't approachable. Celebrities are not approachable. Um, Babe Ruth absolutely was approachable. I mentioned Babe Ruth's grandson, Tom Stevens, who wrote the foreword to my legacy book. Tom often represents the Ruth family for sponsorships and endorsements, and he explains how Babe Ruth, the marketer, is still selling today. Would you believe cryptocurrency? One of the more recent contracts uh, that we have gotten into, have, have uh, licenses that has been put in place is actually uh, with a company that is putting out a cryptocurrency. They've got an agreement with Major League Baseball, which is how this came about. And the first ball player that they wanted to, I mean, nowadays you've got, you know, your, your modern, modern stars, you know, your Mike Trout's, uh, your Bryce Harper's. You'd, you'd think that the, the kids would be more attuned uh, to them, but uh, this cryptocurrency, uh, they wanted, the Babe was the one that they wanted to use first. How about that? In our next episode, we're going to spend more time on what business people and marketers can learn from Babe Ruth. We'll talk to experts in the know to hear what they have to say, and all of them are involved one way or another in the business of Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, Master Marketer. We'll also have a look at TV commercials that include the Babe and why they include him. I'm Jerry Amernick. Thanks for listening. Babe Ruth, Master Marketer was produced and edited by Dave Grine of the Acme Podcasting Company. I like spreading the word on what we can learn from Babe Ruth, Master Marketer, and can speak at conferences, trade shows, or for your organization. You can reach me at baberuthlegacy.com or via email, jerry at jerryamernick.com. My book, Babe Ruth, The Superstar's Legacy, and novel, Gift of the Bambino, are both available on Amazon and at baberuthlegacy.com. 